0: It's Thursday, and that means we are going to be joined by a gentleman who I've known since, well, shortly after I came into the military, because he came into the Marine Corps around the same time I came into the Navy, and then we both ended up in the very same class at the Defense Information School at Fort Meade. He's gone on since then to do great things, including currently serving as the Executive Director of AMVETS, Joe Schinelli. Joe, good morning. How are you today?
1: Good morning, Eric. Never better. How
0: are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I got I, I bumped up my arms, both arms a little bit, at uh, at my Brazilian jiu-jitsu class last night. So having trouble lifting things this morning, but, uh, you know, other than that, can't complain. And, of course, I get to talk to you about everything that's going on with AmVets, and that always brightens up my day, as you are, of course, usually in studio, but today out of town for business because there is a lot of business to attend to. First, I want to talk to you about some breaking news. So USA Today reported that the VA's Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs apparently was lobbying senior lawmakers to ask for Secretary Shulkin's resignation. Can you tell us anything more about that story, Joe?
1: Oh, we're actually hearing reports that there's been multiple people who, who did this. Um, um, this group of, this small group, we're going to probably under 10 people, but still a lot, who have been actively working against the secretary. Um, the mantra is that the secretary has not reformed the VA enough. What they're really saying here is that there's, this is all about choice, the, the choice bills that we've talked about so many times mm. and the c- different competing legislation there, and ones that take choice to different levels. And they want choice to be unfettered choice. They want veterans... Uh, without any type of coordination, uh, without any type of predictability and without any type of investment in the vA system itself, that they want that to be the way to go here and um, you know, the secretary, as well as every senator on the Senate, Veterans Affairs Committee except for one, and every member of the House Veterans Affairs Committee, except for one, um, agree that that 's irresponsible and that that type of reform isn't reform; it would be breaking the VA. Um, and, and so they're they're pushing it. They're trying to radicalize the president's agenda, trying to put words in the president's mouth, and have been trying to subvert what the secretary is doing. And when they've they've come to realize over the last year that they can't do it, so now they're trying to get rid of the secretary. Hmm. And the, the the crazy thing about this, what makes it so newsworthy, is these are senior political appointees within the VA um, and so we had a meeting with uh, White House Chief of Staff uh, John Kelly uh, this past Monday so just to start this week uh, we were in the White House we spoke about this with the with the uh, general and expressed to him and this was a united front among the the big congressionally chartered veteran service organizations that We need a strong, stable VA, and the secretary needs the authority to be able to clean house when necessary. Some of the headlines that you put out there was a purge and uh, subversion and some of these, you know, buzzworthy words, um, and then they, they get spun. But the bottom line here is any commander, anyone who's ever run an organization or even just run your family, if you have someone... Who's supposed to be a subordinate, who's actively trying to undermine you, uh, that just it's not going to work, your organization is going to fail, and that's what this, this group is attempting to have happen is to have the VA. fail so that they can create more profit streams by bringing more of the care into the private sector.
0: Right. Very interesting stuff. And, of course, I also wanted to talk to you about the fact that uh, one of the groups who seems to be for privatizing the VA, I haven't spoken to them directly, uh, so I can't speak for everything that they, uh, they're they looking for and they believe in, uh, apparently came after you pretty hard on social media I was seeing this weekend. You were on Fox & Friends on Sunday. And uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, you know the social media of Firestorm that erupted after that.
1: Sure. So... Uh, um if I could real quick, I'm going to bring you back even a week before that. A week before that, uh, Pete Hegseth, who used to be the executive director of the Koch Brothers group, a Concerned Veterans for America, which uh, poses itself or positions itself, claims to be a veterans organization. Um, it is not a nonprofit. It's not a veterans organization. It is most definitely a political group fully funded by the Koch Brothers Network, um, and Pete Hegseth used to run that organization um, several years ago when it first came about, and he he's one of these guys. He, he's probably the, the one with the biggest platform, being a, a regular host of uh, Fox & Friends on the weekend. And So he got on air a week and a half ago now and said, you know, I've tried to get all the veterans organizations to come on so we could debate this, but they're afraid of me. They won't come on, so we're just going to have to speak with the current executive director of Concerned Veterans for America. Um, so a one-sided argument, but again, he positioned this to his audience that, you know, the, the veterans organizations wouldn't go out there. So we tweeted at Pete and said, you know, we're not afraid of you. And if you want to have a debate, we'll have a debate. Um, and to be honest, I probably stepped in a little bit of a trap there uh, <laughs> and <laughs> went on and we did a about a four minute segment and Pete would ask me a question and, Five seconds or less, he'd start shouting over me, and he'd already determined what he wanted my answers to be, and he didn't care that they were not those answers because that's how he would would reply anyway. And uh, some interesting things came out of the conversation. One, he he defended the Koch brothers quickly, and the reason that's interesting is because they often try to pretend they're not directly tied to the Koch brothers, but they are. Uh, He also did not like the fact that I'm calling them out for uh, trying to profit off veterans off the backs of veterans he he said well aren 't you a capitalist aren 't you for profit Well, I am, but not when it 's at the expense of veterans when we 're talking about an extra fifty billion dollars at minimum, we could be talking about a, an extra trillion dollars a year i 'm sorry uh, over a ten year period trillion dollars over a ten year period to run this choice, and it would break the v a Uh, So, you know, we went round and round, and I thought the interview was over, and we were fine. We agreed to disagree. And then the next day, the entire CVA group, uh, each of their former executive directors, all started tweeting that... uh, our organization was anti-capitalism and uh, thinks that veterans are stupid and can't make their own decisions. Uh, you know, twisting it for sure. It was a. It was just interesting because it was a coordinated attack for sure, and, uh, aligned to to go out at the same time that we were meeting at the White House. So you know, it's been a. It's been a fun week. <laughs> um, you know, and this stuff is. Uh, happening very quickly, but this is an extremely important topic, and one we've all been working on for a long time, and it's pretty much every veterans organization against the Koch brothers right now. But I think that's a, a, a fair way to to, to um, characterize what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting discussion, and it's one where uh, there are, uh, of course, Different sides on it. There are many sides. There's people like me who are kind of eh, in between. You know, I, I see the VA, and we were just talking earlier about Jake having an issue during an appointment he was supposed to have yesterday, and waiting for 45 minutes until he went to check on his appointment status, only to be told it had been canceled and rescheduled. And and it, it, you know that's happened to me, and we keep seeing these issues. So something needs to be done. I, I don't know if privatization on the on the level that many people are looking for is the answer, but uh, there there are many people who run hot on this issue on each side and of course uh the the discussion that you had with uh the co-host of fox and friends weekend and then the the cva organization after that here's a question for you and it's one that uh you know looking at some of the tweets from pete and all that stuff uh, do you believe that because they're a for-profit uh it, organization essentially cva and 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 uh that they're a political organization do you believe that that means that they should have uh no voice in this discussion or or what what part of the discussion do you think they should play if any
1: so they have their money they can buy their voice um you know lobbyists are just fine but they should not be trying to identify themselves and they shouldn't be getting the same um level of access uh, to the VA and to the White House. When we came to the White House meeting, we were surprised to find CVA sitting there. Um, they were already there. Um, and the reason it's so different, though, is that other veterans organizations, one, were congressionally chartered, which really means something. Um, that means that the U.S. government has identified that we are a membership organization so we have real members who are actually veterans we actually provide real services we are accountable and have to be transparent about that we have to file our nine nineties we all have uh, annual reports that are audited and cv doesn't have to go through that stuff um, you don't know where their money comes from uh... you don't know if they have members or not and they, they don't really have members they don't even have a a membership a method of membership. They collect an email list and kind of claim that that's who their members are, but uh, there's no verification of that they're a veteran. Uh, bottom line is they're not providing any real service, and they are spending millions, and I'm talking about tens of millions of dollars a year, on political ads where we spend tens of millions of dollars on service to veterans and helping veterans with their claims and helping veterans uh, receive their health care. Um, it's just two very different missions and they're uh, obviously extremely partisan and we are required by law not to be partisan.
0: Mm. You know, it's, it's certainly uh it's an interesting thing where there are, I think there are those out there who think of uh, some for-profit groups and some that are not aligned with the not-for-profits like uh, concerned veterans or vote vets, different organizations that are out there. They think of them in the same way as the VSOs, but there is, as you just outlined, uh, a line of demarcation on, on on. who is what and what everybody's doing, so uh, that's all always very interesting to look at, interesting to hear about, and you know they again, as you said, they have their money, they have their ability to get their voice out there, but it sounds like you are concerned that they and not you know organizations that have a differing point of view from them are given a seat at the table is that is that essentially what it comes down to
1: yes, yeah, absolutely and you mentioned vote vets and not an organization that i'm Particularly a fan of either, um, because they they're very partisan as well. But they go the other direction, and but they don't have a seat at the table, and as they should not, and which which is it's appropriate. But they are a lobby group, and they again they don't provide services to veterans, but they have a political voice, and that's fine. And I'm not trying to say CVA shouldn't or. But they should not be treated the same as veterans' organizations that actually are working directly with veterans on a daily basis. Which means we have real data. We, our legislative positions and agendas, are created through a democratic process within our membership. Um, so, you know, what we represent the interests of 20 million veterans, but we have 250,000 veterans who pay to be a member of AMVETS and vote every year uh, through a democratic process. Comes up to the national level and sets our priorities. So we're really working for the will of veterans.
0: we're speaking with Joe Schinelli, Executive Director of AMVETS, Marine Corps veteran, my former Defense Information School classmate as well. I want to go back to the VA here just for a second, Joe. And, of course, uh, the Inspector General's report was the thing that initially brought to light the issues surrounding Secretary Shulkin's trip to Europe. And when we talked to you about it, after that report came out, uh, you had mentioned the uh, the allegations from some on Shulkin's staff, including his chief of staff specifically of email hacking. Uh, the IG has now reported that they investigated that and found no evidence of email hacking. They found some evidence of spoofing in unrelated emails, which is a little bit different than hacking. Uh, were you surprised to hear that after hearing, you know, from uh, the former chief of staff and also it sounded like Secretary Shulkin also uh, putting that theory forward? Were you surprised to hear that the inspector general looked into it and said we didn't find any evidence of this
1: we were glad that the inspector general looked into it we actually had uh, echoed that call some of the members of congress uh, over the house side had asked for it and we echoed that call um unfortunately we're not surprised um this did sound like um uncomplicated or uh, spoofing which you We've seen a, as our organization I think a lot of organizations see that where they have somebody uh, can go in and, and grab your email address if they know your email address and make it look like something's coming from you. Um, it does not look like it was any part of this scandalous controversy, uh, whether the former chief of staff uh, who's since left the VA whether she uh, I, there's no indication and we didn't think there was to begin with that this was going to uh, absolve her of what she's been accused of. Um so, so, no, I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it could be, and we haven't heard anything either way on this. Obviously, uh, Ms. Wright-Simpson has resigned from the VA with Secretary Shulkin uh, coming out with the statement that, you know, she didn't want to be in this environment anymore. Well, yeah, okay, but so she probably would have been removed from the job right about now if she had stayed in when they found out that this Uh, allegation of hacking that there was nothing to it. Um, Some people saying it amounts to felonious behavior and certainly trying to doctor an email after the fact to justify misappropriation of funds is uh, well, not cool to say the least. I mean, what do you think happens with that issue going forward, which it seemed to me from the beginning like a bit of a smokescreen. Now we know that it is. I mean, even if it had happened, it wouldn't absolve what had happened with uh, the trip and the Wimbledon tickets and all that stuff. But uh, what do you think the road forward is in regards to the claims and allegations of email hacking being used as a defense?
1: I, you know, I don't think anything's going to come from this. Um, again, I don't think anyone was surprised. Um, they had to do the due diligence here and look at this. Um, I believe the IG report that just came out yesterday morning, um, they interviewed the Secretary, asked him why he he said this, and uh, basically sounded um, like confusion, which not right, you know, it's not to uh, um, honestly it's, it's a really bad look you know, for sure um, but it doesn't change what's happened here and the president uh, expressed to us through his chief of staff on Monday, basically uh, that this this whole uh, ordeal here is something that they, they've learned from um, that there has already been accountability through it, uh, the secretary is paid back, you know all he was uh, accused of was um, you know listening to the wrong ethics panel here or taking an ethics opinion uh, that maybe he should not have. Um, and it's not clear yet, and I don't know if it ever will be because the investigation in the Department of Justice has uh, stopped. They said they're not going to prosecute uh, the chief of staff here that they've looked into this. And uh, either they don't think the case is strong enough or Maybe for political reasons, but whatever it is, it looks like um, the White House is going to drop this and and move forward
0: on this. Yeah, certainly an an interesting uh, chain of events that has occurred there, and I mean... Obviously, the VSOs, the major VSOs, I should say, have all come together in, in agreement that Secretary Shulkin is the man for the job. Um, as this continues, we'll see if anything might change that. But it doesn't sound like, you know, the fact that, uh, that that the email hacking allegation, that wasn't something that was going to get uh, AMVETS, for example, to change your tune on whether Secretary Shulkin is right, correct?
1: That, you're correct. You're correct. And I thought, as soon as I heard this email allegation, it seemed like we all thought this at the same time, really. What is he saying? <laughs> this is, you know, and we don't know how genuine the, the confusion was there. Uh, you know, some of this email spoofing stuff can be a little alarming, but it, it looked very, uh, very shady anyway. The the spoofing,
0: stuff. right. Right, and the timing of that, like you know, when the IG report comes out, oh well, my email was hacked. I didn't send that. In. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. So yeah, very, very. Uh, it's been, it's been again a very interesting story on all these twists and turns that it's taken. We're speaking with Joe Chinnelli, executive director of AMVETS, and Joe, earlier you had mentioned that you had a meeting with White House Chief of Staff John Kelly at the beginning of the week. Uh, what else can you tell us about meeting with uh, with John Kelly? Uh,
1: so this was uh, something. Um, a few of us had asked for a, a few weeks back. Um, the bottom line is we have not had good communication with the White House. Um, we've been happy with the progress. We actually think that the first year of the Trump administration has been very positive for veterans. Um, that's been Secretary Shulkin's leadership, and that's really who we've been able to work with, um, the secretary and his staff. Uh, we have not been able to work directly with the White House, which is very disappointing and definitely breaks from tradition. And so we let the chief staff know that Uh, he wanted to remedy that. And I think it was actually sort of coincidental that this started coming around right as uh, this massive scandal uh, started to come around. Um, So we spent some of the time talking about the scandal uh, and talking about our interactions with the secretary for the last year. Um, We talked about the, the subversion and the fact that we strongly believe the secretary needs to have the authority to remove anyone from the va who is actively working to undermine him because if they're working to undermine him they're working to undermine the president and the president's agenda Uh, whether we agree with the president's agenda or not and you know there's certainly some that we do and some that we don't, Uh, bottom line is the secretary needs to be able to have people on his team who he trusts and can count on and and working together. We need the VA working together in the same direction. Um, We talk a lot about choice and what the different levels of choice and what responsible uh, choice reform looks like and so it was was a good opportunity for us to present our our case. the chief staff said we're going to have a meeting with the the president himself here in the the next few weeks. So we're looking forward to that as well. So to continue the dialogue. So it's a good way to start the second year.
0: It absolutely would seem to be, and of course, there's something going on uh, coming up next week that is something that Am vets does uh, that many of the VSOs have their own version of. But LZDC, what can you tell me about this event and what it means and what's going to happen during it?
1: Sure. So next week jam-packed with the schedule is pretty much non-stop here Uh, but on Tuesday afternoon uh, our national commander will sit down before a special joint hearing with the veterans um, affairs committees from both the House and the Senate Uh, again that's it's very rare for them to, to come together like this uh, and they just come together for the VSOs once a year. And so our commander will testify and we'll be able to outline our legislative agenda uh, for the year. So it's a chance to let the let Congress know what, what we're looking for here, what our members are looking for. And then we're going to have hundreds of veterans, um, our members from all over the country. You're going to be visiting just about every office on Capitol Hill uh, Wednesday and Thursday Thursday. Uh, so it, this is really important. They're wearing their hats. If you're up on the Hill at all next week, you're going to see these veterans. And what that really shows these lawmakers is that we're watching and that we vote and we, we care and we're going to hold them accountable and we want them to, to be able to listen to what we have to say. Uh, you know, No one knows better about what veterans need than veterans.
0: You know, as we've talked to the VSOs about their similar events, one of the questions I've been asking them is, you know, I think from the outside, some veterans might look at it and say, well, that's great, but what's it actually going to uh, accomplish? Can you think of anything that your your previous events like this have actually helped you get a conversation or a dialogue started on or positive movement in direction? Anything that comes to mind?
1: Oh, yeah, this. this Plenty, plenty of. A big one, since we've just had to go through the government shutdown a couple times, and a few years ago, back in 2014, we had for an extended period of time. Um, one of our big pushes in the past was advance appropriations. So the VA, um, which is the only large entity in federal government that has this, our, the VA's budget is approved a year ahead of time. So there are no interruptions in services, no interruptions in benefits. And I'm talking about disability compensation. That stuff used to stop, Um, just like military pay does now. um, Disability payments stopped. Uh, The hospitals, VA hospitals closed um, when there were government shutdowns in the past. And there was also a lot of, um, because of instability, and not knowing how much money you're going to have in the next year until the next year. Um, that really affected hiring and the ability to have a, a stable workforce within the VA. And so that was a big push of ours uh, a few years ago, and it was something that Congress did not want to do. They like having that political football. Uh, they like having that real-time oversight. And But uh, it, we got that through because of these types of events.
0: And that is important. And Joe, if people want to find out more about Amvets and about the event, where can they go?
1: Please check us out at Amvets.org.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.